What's up, fam? Welcome back to That's the Angle. In this interview, I sit down with Marley McFly. Really cool dude. Uh, uses a lot of nostalgia and pop culture references in his work. And is honestly one of the arguably biggest artists coming out of DC, at least in his area of expertise. But this interview was a lot of fun. And uh, we had a great time the whole time drinking up a little bit. You know, nothing other normal. But just, you know, chilling. Having a good time. Just felt like I was chilling with another bro. But besides that, guys, just want to let you know that I have a really big art show coming up here in Washington, D.C. on December 20th. It is going to be at the Cheshire from 7 to 11 p.m. So if you're in town or you're around, would love for you to come by. Enjoy yourself. It's a whole festivity event. Art, music, dancing. Well, you don't have to dance, but art, music, some limited edition merchandise. And some drinks. It'll be great. A lot of other cores people there too. But besides that, uh, I got nothing else left to plug unless you want to watch the interviews on youtube.com slash that's the angle. You can check that out there. So guys, let's get right into the episode. Peace. Ooh, yeah. How's that? How's the levels oh, yeah. for you? Isn't that crispy? Those are crisp. Ooh, yeah. It's nice. I like those. Yeah, right? Everyone likes that shit. Definitely not AirPods. Ooh, dude. I ain't even got that kind of swagged over here to get you on like... AirPod monitors. I'd rather walk around these in the city. Really? Yeah. Dude, I'd be so scared. AirPods are more like, I call them the don't talk to me headphones. It's like, I'm not listening to anything. Just let me walk and be in peace. Dude, if those are the don't talk to me headphones, and these are like the don't these even, are, don't don't even, even look, look at. <laughs> these are like ignoring your existence headphones. Right. Well, How much can you actually hear with AirPods in? The funny thing is, you can hear the world more than you can hear the music. Really? Like, I'll be on the train trying to talk, have a conversation. I hear everything but who I'm talking to. Really? So I was wondering the level of, like, how much ambient noise do you hear with those things right. in? You're, you're buying that label. Ah, like okay. People. That's you, good you're, to know. You're buying that look. It's more of an accessory than an actual need. Right? It's like a status thing these right. days. It's like, I have these. Then you got to get the new ones now. So Oh, the, the noise-canceling right. ones? Oh. They made them a little shorter. A little shorter. And it goes in your ear. In your ear. Longer core to things like dude it's so crazy but it, it's it's funny because i feel like a broke boy would be having having wired headphones in the gym right that's the the mindset app apple makes you want things you didn't know you need dude that's exactly how i feel it's like i, I do need wireless headphones dude but i'm not gonna lie dude my life would be so much better with wireless headphones it, it is there's times I'm, I'm working i'm <sighs> up on the wall it's like uh bro i can't tell you how many times i've been in the gym and i was walking by the bench in my cord got caught on the bench and i wanted to punch someone i don't i don't even know why i just want right. to punch like it is the most annoying pet peeve of mine yes. is like if something snags on my body on something i just want to punch something just grab something the phone flies across the floor dude oh god i'm, I'm trying to do sit-ups and my shit just falling out right dude like th that's broke boy problems broke boy problems damn Leave the phone on the counter walk around damn I, don't even know what the phone is at half the time dude i, I saw on hinges girls are like you know What's your height? And then they're like, do you own AirPods? I was like, what? Those are the two things. AirPod height. <laughs> Keys to success. Dude, 100%. Dude, I think the best invention in, in like a decade almost. I think AirPods are one of the best inventions. So. Now that they're here, why did it take so long? Right? Like, who thought we needed a cord to listen to music? Right. It's the most when Bluetooth shit. has been around for so long. Right? Was it, was it just they couldn't get it small enough or something? Maybe, but I mean... I don't even take take them large if I don't have a cord, right? So I, mean, I guess people do it with like the Beats, but right, even that that was a nice little wave. It's like I have money to buy these three hundred dollars headphones. 
don't bother me. That's exactly what it was. But those were more so like, don't even fucking address right. me. Like, honestly, whenever I see someone wearing beats, especially in the gym, I'm like, dude, I know your ears are sweating. Why are you wearing oh, yeah. earmuffs to work out? Right. That seems like the last thing you want to do. Five hour flight in the summertime. Right? Like, that the is the most isn't... uncomfortable day. Bro, that seems terrible. Terrible. Fuck, dude. Anyways, guys. Welcome to That's the Angle. I'm here with Marley McFly, dude. Cheers. Cheers. Here, let me come over here. Come over. Boom. I got to go over the rope. Fucking WWE over the rope. Yes. <laughs> I, I know you get that reference because I know you're a man of nostalgia. I'm a nostalgia guy. Yes. You are, I, I, I've, I've been doing my research and you, my friend, we have a lot in common. More than you know. Yes. Any, if there's a nostalgic reference, we'll get along great. <sighs> I mean, dude, a lot of your work is nostalgia, I feel that, like. That, that's it. That's where the name came from. Just... Looking back, reminiscing, a lot of nostalgia. Is I mean, is that came from Marty McFly, right. Right? right? Yeah. So just like that same Back to the Future reference, my art is always looking back, bringing the past to the present, revitalizing, urbanizing, putting that street art touch on things that have mm. already been established. So it's interesting that you said that you thought it was lowbrow. Like we were talking momentarily before the podcast about like being in art galleries and art fairs and, and like you described your art as lowbrow. I think it's a, I would say it's a happy medium, honestly, like a, okay. like a fine art approach to lowbrow. Mm. Like my art, it fits in great places like hotels, galleries, but it is still just me taking that same street art approach, just packaging it in a way that it looks good in a gallery next to fine art. Yeah, is is lowbrow like a bad? It, it seems like a dirty word when you say lowbrow for some reason. I think recently we kind of spent that around. Where lowbrow, you want to be lowbrow. Like it's not what lowbrow used to be. Where it's like, what is that? It's yeah. Now like that's that cool trend. Like I want the lowbrow art. Like lowbrow is the new fine art to me. Ah, lowbrow is like the it's like street art evolved almost. Exactly. A more oh. modernized, fine approach to street art. What's, what is the distinction between fine art? In, in essentially what we're coining lowbrow art. Honestly, I think it's just someone who, I would say fine art is more people stuck in their ways, where it's like you see a Picasso or a you know nice sculpture, where it's like you respect that more. That speaks to you for some reason, whereas they just don't respect something I would do, where it's like, why are you trying to put cartoon characters in my gallery? So yeah. it's more of just your, the way you respect it, the way you view it. Yeah, and it's so dumb that like it's almost like people are offended by the fact that you draw nostalgic things or anyone. Right. It's weird when I see someone just taking in my art. I'll just watch their face, and they're kind of like, "Why did he do that?" And then they'll walk away like, "That's pretty cool." But it was like, I can never gauge them right away. I'm just watching them take everything in. They're like, "That's different. I like it." Mm, right. So that's like one of the greatest feelings ever when it's like. I watch people walk by all these fine, con- considered fine art pieces and stop at mine like, wow, those colors pop. Like, that's Spider-Man. Like, why is he in this gallery? Like, right? Yeah, that like catch someone off guard so hard. But it's like, you, it's hard to relate with fine art in air quotes. Right. Like, most times you don't even know what it means. Like, like me, I'm, I've been doing it long enough where I don't pretend. Like, I don't get that piece. I'm pretty sure it's cool. I don't want to disrespect <laughs> that guy. But why is that straight line? Two million dollars right now. Facts, it, and then you find out it's like, 
where that straight line was made with Bermudan blood, right. which was like, and you're just like, oh, well, what the, but, but who cares? Right. Like he, it was the last of that particular batch of red, and he was going through depression <laughs> at the time, and da da da. It's like, all right, cool. You're like, well, that's cool, but when I look at it, it, it looks like nothing. Right. It looks like a, a line. Like on. it sucks that he went through so much just to produce a line that nobody's going to understand. Right. Like even even this fantastic artwork by me, Amir. Who 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 is the artist with these pieces? Noah. Noah, is that his artist name? Yes. Wow, he needs to work on that. Hey, straight to the point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need to work on your shit, man. Um, but like, this is beautiful ass art, and you right. would you would never see this at in an art gallery considered fine art among collectors. Right. And I, I immediately said it, that should be priced more. Like, Dude, and he's probably priced it at that point because he thinks the same way. But this is something that. People can relate to. Like, I immediately went to those Jordan 4s. Remember being in 10th grade, having to buy a size up because that was the last pair they had. Damn. On my Bush Garden salary. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I mean, this this is more relatable. I mean, and this this looks like something you would buy at Ikea. Like, this looks like a, like a legit right. piece the you way put in your house. The way it's produced, like, that looks like something I would just buy at. Like you said, Ikea, like I could see it sitting there already for me to just take. Like, right, this this art looks so approachable and so nice, but yet this is considered lowbrow, lowbrow right. or street art in a sense. Right. Even though street art, we all know that that's kind of like graffiti or or, or the refined graffiti of like Banksy yes. and stickers and right. tags and stuff. Yeah. But so. so he priced that at 475. What would you price that at? Um, I would say at least 800. Damn, you're doubling that shit. Yeah. I don't blame you on that one though. I mean, it's, it's printed on metal. It's like, big too. So I, I would say just him, the process of getting it made cost him, you know, damn near four hundred. You think so? Whereas he it, he can't be making that much of a profit. Just I've I've done research of trying to get something on metal, mm-hmm. and there's no going back for metal. Like there's you fuck up, you're not fixing that. Oh, so this was like printed on there essentially right. and, and it's a large print that's a large piece on like a custom surface right. yeah so he definitely balled on it yeah, that's like not that's not paint where he can just all right i fucked up let me paint over it it's like that's that's the finished product yeah. <laughs> like you better be happy right. with this because uh you probably don't have the money to go back on it right that's it's interesting because you know looking at your artwork you print on wood a lot yeah straight on wood um i don't know been doing it for about two years now, it's just the way the brush feels compared to canvas is just so much better to me. Like I just, it just flows so smoother. Like on the wood texture itself. Yes, and the way it, it soaks the wood in, mm. it's just I love it. And like most people will look like, like what kind of wood is that? I'm like just regular ass wood. <laughs> I just you know I clean it, take care of it, make it more presentable for you, but. Just regular wood. I just figure out how to master making it presentable. Yeah, that's so interesting. Like that, you chose a cut out shape of wood as a canvas, right? And you cut that yourself, I imagine. Cut it myself, which was weird because I was trying to figure out how to stretch canvas in these different shapes. And I'm like, all of that starts with me making a wood stretcher. Let's just fuck the canvas. Like, let's just go straight to the wood cutout. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, right? And it's heavier. It's solid. It's you know, has some nice body to it where it's like, all right, I can justify this price point. Ah, uh, yeah, it kind of feels like more of a piece almost, like the right. weight. Like even before I put paint on it, it's a piece. Like the ones I'm working on now is just blank wood shapes that you can hang. I don't know if you wanted to. Yeah, I've noticed you you cut the wood into different shapes. Right. Like I've seen uh, 
circles, but then I, I was it Tom and Jerry or Jerry? Yeah, no, no, a Jerry. bar. I saw a Bart yeah, one recently. Bart, yeah, the Bart uh, one. I know right now I'm working on two Felix the Cat. So yeah, you, you just dropped that on your IG. Right. And I'm like, that's empty. And people are like, whoa. Like, I've already had two people like, what is the price point on the finished product? I have not put one drop of paint on it yet. What? But they can just appreciate that. Because it's almost like you get a sculpture and a painting in one. That's so true. It's not just some squared yeah. format that you're used to. And it's not too many other artists doing it right now. Dude, that's so true. Yeah, when I think about the scope of it, you're... Yeah, they're unique in that regard, not in just the context, but also what they're housed on, like the right. the canvas. Right. That's so interesting. So you were trying to find different shapes. Like, what was the inspiration behind I'm that? I was looking for more different shapes. Just the way the way I use so many different layers and textures. It's hard to just keep that in a traditional square or a rectangle. So I was just trying to figure out how I could. I don't know, just how I can make this more presentable. Mm. Where, you know, every most paintings are a square or a rectangle. Yeah. So it's like, how can I make this stand out more compared to another painting or what the next person's doing? And that shape usually goes into the the theme or the the meaning behind the piece as well. Mm. So that's usually overlooked, but that's also a part of the artwork. Yeah. When you think about it, it's kind of weird that everyone just conforms to a shape of their art. Right. right. That's kind of weird when you really think about it. I never thought about right. it until just now. Right. At some point, someone made square rectangle canvases, and it's, that's just what we ran with. Right. In bigger sizes. Who let that happen? Right. Like, why does it have to be a square? Who put who put everyone in a box like that? Everyone was in a box. That's exactly. You're Little within, box. You're within four sides. That's what you need to create in. Which the point of art is thinking outside the box. So that's hilarious. Why am dude. I one of the few who's not sticking to that square? Dude, I never thought about that. Like, even the idea of just always painting on a square canvas, you are trapped inside that box. Right. <laughs> Which is so ironic. It's like, the point of art is to grow, inspire, to think outside the box. Yeah. And we're all in a box. That's, dude, what? Yeah, you put your work on a box so you can be in a box gallery setting. In a box gallery setting. Right. That's so weird, dude. Having other people judge it. So I'm you're like, doing something that you really shouldn't be graded on or seek approval for but then you want to seek approval and be graded on it but as an artist like you know and and i'm i'm a photographer who who identifies in somewhat as a fine artist but of course it's it's different for me than someone like yourself like you're mm-hmm. you've been in the game for so long like how many how many years have been in the game um 2011 <sighs> yeah dude that's like what eight nine years yeah yeah dude it, kind of just, it, it all blends together where you forget until someone else says it for you yeah, like, do you, there is some sort of validation when someone uh, buys your piece like that, when someone purchases it. Yes, it lets you know you're doing something right, where someone else saw the value of your vision. Mm. Especially when you haven't even broke it down to them, where it's like they just ran with their own interpretation, like, this spoke to me enough where I needed to invest in you, in this piece. Yeah, I have no clue who you are. No clue if this is actually going to be worth something one day, but I see something right now that lets me know this is a great investment. Damn. And every time that happens, you just progress further. It's like, all right, that's another notch on my resume. Dang. When was the first time that happened for you? Do you remember that your first like big art sale like that? Uh, well, I had, like those first few years were just small pieces where it's like, you know, like hundred to two hundred range. Mm-hmm. So it finally hit maybe. So 2015, 2016 is when I started really hitting that stride where it's like, I don't need to play this safe. Like, if people want something, they're going to pay the price to get it. 
Mm. So that's when it really started hitting me. Like, I have a talent that people are investing in. Like, you were developed enough as an artist to where you knew that you could generate these sales or something? Right. Because we, we all, at, I mean, even now, we I still undersell myself. I still undersell myself. Like, yeah. there's no way to truly put a price tag on my work, on my thoughts, my, my process. So, you're always going to undersell yourself. But I'm more confident now. Where it's like, yeah, I've been doing this for this long. I know what I had to go through to get this thought that I put on the canvas. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I don't know, in a way I kind of, people validated me and also validated myself. True. Yeah, but the validation just But the validation so is good. just, it's, it's great. <sighs> Especially when I know what the traditional art space is. And it's just, you know, a lot of pretentious people. It's like, oh, this piece was created in blah, 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 blah. So like I created that in my kitchen. I saw so yeah, and I saw it, you literally do it in your kitchen in my kitchen, kitchen island. Like, that's like, always been my thing. Like like my kitchen is my studio. It's like that's where you cook, that's where I cook up ideas. That's my <laughs> that's my thing. Yeah. So it's like you know, a lot of what I put into the work, it's 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 cool to me that I'm being compared to or outselling these fine art galleries or People were turning their back to this million dollar piece to look at what I have going on. That guy feels so good. So it's like, what? How does he justify that million dollar price tag if they're yeah. over here asking me questions, trying to figure out what was my process? Why did I choose the shape of Bart Simpson over this traditional canvas? Yeah, and let alone like the guy who did it in his like five thousand a month rent like loft, right, studio. loft studio. Yeah. You're doing it in your kitchen. It's like it's not about where you're, it's not about all that other stuff. Right. That, none of that matters. It's it's just about like, yo, this is what it is, this is what it meant to me. Like Which sadly that extra stuff is why people buy a lot of art. Like really? I literally watch people as like, all right, this artist has, you know, X car, X girl, you know, blah blah blah. I should buy his art because, you know, he has money. He's making art. It seems valuable. It kind of means I, it's valuable and I have money too. Whereas like, well, that guy's just straight talented, you know, kind of everyday normal guy that's relatable to me. Bro, you know who you're literally reminding me of who you're talking about? Alec Monopoly. Every time I tell this story, people know exactly who I'm talking about. Is that literally who you were that's talking exactly about? That's exactly who I was talking about. Fuck, dude. There's I- been so many times. Like, I've been in the same galleries that represent him as well. And people will tell me, like. People come question you. Like, they don't know, they have no clue who you are. Like, they're tired of that. That piece is collecting dust. And I've already sold eight of your pieces just because it's fresh. It's, it speaks to the everyday man. Like, what guy doesn't, hasn't gone through something with his girlfriend or got his heartbroken or something like that? But we're not all some rich, you know, Playboy Monopoly guy. Like, I, I can't relate to that. I don't get it. it. Was he rich before art or was it art made him rich? Pretty sure he was rich before art and kind of just ran with it. Ah, because I'm like, dude, it doesn't, like, what he does, like, it seems okay. And I'm not going to lie. I've been watching his vlogs on YouTube. He's actually pretty in- interesting. I think he's actually, I think he'd probably be a really cool dude. I'd love to have him on the podcast. Right. But he's just kind of an anomaly to me where I'm like, he's so rich. He has so much money. Is it really from his art? I think if they didn't make him up into be this character, he'd probably be a great guy to just hang out with. He seems like a really cool dude. Right. But like, but, but like you said, it's, it's kind of like his friends are all these famous people. Right. Is his art valuable just because of who he associates with? It's a lot of that. But it's like the everyday man can't really relate to that. Like, exactly. I don't have a jet. Why do I need a painting of a jet? Right. Like, everyday working man, everyday problems. I don't need the Monopoly guy. But you got people who will you know, break the bank to buy that piece. Because which, they want that Alec they Monopoly want piece. Right. Which it's I have, like a status thing. Right. Which I know people where I'm, I'm, me and him are both in their house. And they're like, 
yo, I spend all that money, but people always ask me about your piece. It's like they know him. They know I spend X amount of dollars on it, but who is that guy? Huh. So it's like, why wouldn't you want that unique piece that no one else has? Why do you think your, your piece speaks to people so much? Why do you think your pieces are so meaningful? I think it's just the relatability. I mean, yeah. a lot of the sayings I put in the piece really jump out to people. It's like, what made you say that? Or, you know, a lot of the women, a lot of the emotions of the characters in the background. It's like a lot of people would make their own interpretations, which are pretty similar to what I was going for in the first place. Where it's like, that piece reminds me of this girl I was dating a couple years ago, da 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 and I'm like, yeah, that girl is a girl I was dating a couple years ago. <laughs> Same thing happened to me. Damn. It's like, all right, that that's relatable. Damn, that's cr- that's cool. It's it's just, you know, when historians look back at this period of art, what are they gonna say? Like, what what will they call this? What will, how will they explain this? I feel like there's a weird divide, right? Because there's there are older generations. Like I run into like a lot of older women, and they're just like amazed by what I'm doing. Because it is fresh. But then there's the group who are just stuck in their ways. And they're like, no, I'm not. Like, why? It's Spider-Man. I don't need to look at that. So there are people who are moving forward. Where they see this new this new era. Where we're kind of just the everyday human figuring things out. So it's kind of, I would say, just like everyday man art. Right? Like, like you're making, it's like. People making, or you, you, it's making something that's directly relatable without having to decipher it. Right. You know, and that's, it's so refreshing. Right. It's like we're, a lot of artists now are going more for the story than the result. Where it's like, I just want to tell what's on my mind. Tell my story. If you like it, cool. If you don't, that's also cool. But I still told my story, stuck to my process, gave you my feelings. Where that's also kind of weird because it's like, there's times I really like will pour my heart out into a piece, and it's like, so now you're grading it. It's like, oh, it's like, I didn't really need your approval. I was just, you know, putting out what's on my mind, and now you're telling me I should have done X, Y, Z. It's like, no, I gave you what was on my mind. Does that, does that happen a lot? Like you'll be showing your work, and someone will start grading your shit. I get that a lot. They're like, well, that paint clashes with this, or you know, why did you? use this type of finish it's like because i wanted to like some guy who went to art school oh that's the worst it's always the the, the real art guy the real art right. guy it's like you i know, went to corcoran i went to so-and-so and they they tell you not to use this brush this way or this that way it's like i'll use whatever i find it's if like it fits they put you in the box right they told they said there's no rules but yet they gave you all these rules all these rules which if you got out the box you may be in my position and not the disgruntled artist still beating his head trying to figure out why everything he was taught isn't working yeah trying to follow the old gallery business model right if you're following a model that millions of people have done before you you're basically just following behind those millions of people who already done it before you so you're just number one million and one. Yeah, what makes you so special? Now? Right. It's like, you did the same thing as the last guy who came in here. Yeah, you're waiting for Next. the gallery approval. You're waiting for this. <clears throat> you're right. not connecting with your real audience. It's like... Right. Like You're chasing these galleries for a validation, but you can easily come to a place like this. Make your own pop-up. Put yourself you on. Put yourself on. It takes two seconds to take a picture of your art. Post it with a caption. What do you think it is that's kind of given you such longevity in, in, in your position as you know a full-time artist? Just I mean... Living um, the dream, dude. I mean, like, it's. I know it's just stressful, but you're you're doing it. I would definitely say the relatability one. I'm pretty accessible. Um, it's not too many people who just can't reach out to me. I'm going to give them advice or, you know, take a quick minute to answer some questions. Um, a lot of it's just being true to yourself. Um, mm. I know a lot of artists getting that 
world where they see what's trending or what people are liking, and they want to follow that. And that throws them off, off track. But there's people who will do what I do because they see the attention it's getting. But they don't understand what's going behind what I'm doing. It's not just I'm making this cool piece. I'm making a piece that speaks to people because I'm giving my experience that they can also relate to. Mm. So you get a lot of artists who, just because of likes or something like that, they're like, all right, he got 200 likes on his picture. I'm going to do something just like that. But why didn't mine sell? It's like, no, just stick to yourself. People will notice that. So that's, that's the biggest thing that I guess a lot of artists are missing out on. Just It's interesting you say that because it's e- – and don't take this the wrong way, but it's easy to look at your work and be like, oh, he's just he's just hype-beasting this shit. Right. So people will see that, and they're like, all right, he's hype-beasting it. I can do that, too. But then when it comes down to it, it's like, well, why didn't they buy mine? Mm. And it's because people realize I'm not also not – I'm not building this lifestyle. Like, you take the art away, I'm still that guy. Like, I'm still going to buy sneakers. I'm still going <laughs> to, like, hang out and talk to girls, things like that. So I was like, all right, cool. He just happened to be – into the hype beast stuff and also be talented. He's not just trying to make something that he can't relate to. Yeah, like like this represents what's really on his inside. Like right. He, he used that character because that what that symbolizes something. Or maybe he right. just liked the shape and he put something on it, but like it meant something to you. Yeah, it wasn't exactly. like this will get sales. Right. Like there's a like even if I don't follow a lot of artists, I still see the influence of different things they're doing. And it'll be a young kid who uses like Felix the Cat, for example. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you're 16. How, how do you even know who Felix the Cat is? This means nothing to that you. That means nothing to you. Yeah. It's like you just saw another artist do it. You were like, all right, cool. That's a cool character people are using right now. Let me run with it. 100%, dude. So, a lot of that. Yeah, it, it's because, I mean, I feel like nostalgia art is at an all-time high. Yes. Because it's so relatable for a lot of people. It's relatable for a lot of people, especially this age group. And nostalgia is just, that's, that's where everything's going. Different brands, different companies, they're all feeding on nostalgic to drive their brand. Like, I look at, like, the last few things I've bought. They were all, like, hoodies with some kind of character I grew up on. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, even if I didn't like that brand, it's like, cool, I'm buying this $200 hoodie with Mickey Mouse on it. It's like, you didn't even try to put out a dope product. You went straight to my nostalgic, played off my emotions, and then I gave you $200. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a hack to people's brains. Right. It's like... This, we're going to bring back this character no one's thinking about right now. Put it in your face. You're going to remember your childhood, and you're going to spend money on it. Well, it's, it's yeah, because it's like, it's like you can already identify with Felix a Cat with, like, an X-Men comic on it. Because, right. you know, it, it's, it's identifiable. And also, you kind of feel like other people would like it if it was in your house. If it's, right. like, a canvas that is just a line, a couple lines, and it's, like, fine art, you're, it makes people stop because they're like, I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't connect to it. I don't get right. it. Right. I'm gonna walk right past it every time. Yeah. Where it's, my art, it resonates with my age group because it's you know it's different things they've, we've been through at our time in life. It's different characters we grew up on, so you can just reflect back on it. Like, oh, that is a character I grew up on, and a fine art piece that I can preserve and put on my wall, and I'm gonna feel good every day I wake up and look at it. That's so true. Yeah, it, but I feel like for you, it's like actually coming from a real place, right? Like I don't sense any bullshit, or nor right. did I think it after I like even learned about you for two seconds. Right. There's not like there's there's nothing I've put into a piece that doesn't have some kind of meaning behind it. And even if it's like you know on the on the outside, it's like all right, cool. I grew up with these characters. Each one has some subliminal meaning to me. Like mm. like Felix the Cat, for example. That 
I mean, I love figs growing up, but that actually represents, you know, a girl I was talking to who had a black cat. So that has always been that oh, subliminal message for me. It was kind of like a connection between me and her. That's always been there. Something about that damn black cat. All right. Watching you have sex. <laughs> dude, cats are creepy, dude. Cats are so creepy. The, the weird thing, that's like the only cat I've ever, like, like that's a cool cat. Any other cat, like, get the fucking cat away from me. But, dude, I remember I went to France and... uh they love Picasso in France, of course, of right? Course. Like they all they're dick riding him so hard. And so I went to a Picasso like a like a Picasso like gift shop at the Picasso Museum or something. Right. And they had some works by young like by like young Picasso. And I, right. I, I really liked him. But one of the pieces I bought, it was <laughs> this is the scene. It's a guy eating a girl out, and there's a cat on the window so just watching. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so accurate. Yeah. That's so fucking accurate. And like even like with my approach to art, the way I work. The same way, you know, I put different characters in art. That was always the art that caught my eye growing up. Mm. So, like, I know there was, like, a there was a Basquiat piece that had Felix in it. So, just growing up, like, I kind of ignored the whole painting. Just like, hey, Felix is right there. Like, I didn't know what that meant or who this guy was. Just was like, that's a cool painting with Felix right there. Or the one that says Thor. It's like, yeah, why does it say Thor? I don't get it, but I know I like comic books. I like Thor. It's pretty cool. So it's always been that same, the same way those pieces resonated with me, I'm doing that to other people. But it, it's so interesting because, you know, Basquiat, he copied a lot of other things. He just did it in his own style, his own style. Which, which no one really talks about. But he literally did the Mona Lisa. He literally right. tried Picasso's pieces. Yep. And they hail it as great. But if you look at it, you're like, wait a minute, that's literally that photo. See, when you think about it, you could say the same for me. It's like I took exactly. a panel right out of an X-Men comic you know, juxtaposed it with some woman's face, and it's like, oh, that's his now. And and that's the beauty of it. It's like it's almost like I always think it's like sample culture and hip hop. Exactly. How that kind of brought around revolution. It's like yes. Now every like even nostalgia, whatever it is, like people are sampling things. Right. Yes. Being from the seven five seven, I would say I have that Neptune's approach to art, where it's I'm just kind of making my own lane, making my own sound, and it, it's cool because people are people will message me like, hey. I saw you did this, and I put these two things together. Like, what do you think? I'm like, that's that's cool. Like, you yeah. made my style yours. That's sick. So I, I'm doing something right where I'm able to influence someone else, yeah, that's which big, is what you always want to do. It's the biggest compliment ever. Always. If someone copied any of my photos, I'd be like, thank you. I'd be like, that's dope. Right. There's a lot of, like, dick artists who are like, oh, this guy, he copied me. Unfollow him, da-da-da. Which there are times where there's people who will blatantly, like, take yeah. my art yeah, there is and that sell shit. it. That's yeah. a different thing. I'm like, yeah. that's my piece. You took it from my page, made a copy of it. And it's like, I have it. That Then I got to call you out on that. But if it's like, you took my style and you made your own thing. It's like, look, here. This is inspired by him. I'm going to be honored every time. Yeah, and it's even better if someone just comes out and says it. And rather right. than you have to right. figure out, like, like, if someone's just like, yeah. Like, they, they post Instagram. They're like, yo, like, I was inspired by Marley to do, like, a shape right. of a person. Like, like, oh, yeah, that's dope. I probably would have figured that anyways. But, like, that's sick. I'm glad right. you said something. I get a lot of that. And I respect it. I love that. Where there are some artists who are like, yo, you're biting my style. Like, stop. It's like... Dude, it's, you bit someone's style. Like, you didn't just wake up like, all right, yeah, this exactly. is how I'm going to paint today. Yeah. It's, like, it, to, to, in 2019, that's impossible. Like, Yeah, we have so much information that it's going to leak into your brain somehow, dude. You're not even going to realize you copy somebody. You, you copy somebody. Dude, that's so true. Yeah. Especially, like, with photography, the biggest thing people are upset about is poses. 
I could see that. Because like if you have, especially like two models, if, if, if it's like a similar pose, people are like, you copied my photo. But right. people's like, well, I mean, there's only so many it's poses. There's so many do. ways you can position <laughs> the human body. Yeah. Like, I've seen that a lot of times. And in my opinion, I'm always like, man, you're always better taking the high road on these things. Yeah, you got any more wine over there? Uh, How about that Bacardi over there? All right. Fuck it. We're now tuning into the, going to turn things up a little bit. Welcome to the Drink Meat Podcast. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to be a spinoff episode. Yeah, right? It's, Bacard- it's, it's Bacardi with lime already in it. I don't really get it. All right. Now we- hey, cheers, man. Cheers. Cheers. Now we get into the real questions. Mm. Here's a real question. You went to ODU. I did. I did too. Okay. That's when you said seven five seven. I was like, what? Yes. I, I learned that about you. I was like, wow. I was like, I gotta bring this up. So, being a fellow ODU guy, do you get the VCU rivalry? Since you're, you know, doing what you do, I do what I do. Oh. That particular school is like the one you go to when you want to be the artist. Yes, you felt that too, growing up. Oh yeah. I didn't get in. I got it, and I, I did like a short stint in Richmond, so it's like. Doing shows, it's like I'm the outside guy. Damn, I'm, really? I'm here to, you know, wreak havoc. So you actually went to school in RBA? I was just there, like after school, just just lived there for a year, just to try to. Dude, I did the same thing. I feel like we at some point every Virginia artist has to do like a, a t- like a, I say like a sabbatical <laughs> in Richmond, just like you get your feet say. wet in the art world, right? And that's when it's like someone's gonna hear this and take it the wrong way. It's not that great. What, Richmond? Yeah. It's really not. It's like, you, you think just art world, it's Broad Street. That's it. Dude, that's so yeah. true. Like it, People are like, yo, Richmond's so sick, hipster. But then when you're actually there for, after you're there for you, are like, wait a minute. There's not much opportunity. There's not much opportunity. It's cool to like get people out the house and come see some art. No one's buying it, though. Yeah. So it's like, I'm making all this art to show it off the first Friday of the month. Then I take it down Saturday, and it's in my house now. Yeah, to show this to college kids who got no fucking money for this. Right. There's no real... You can barely afford a pizza. What makes you think you're going to buy a $2,000 painting? Yeah, you're here complaining about your Chipotle burrito or like, or right. like a $6 IPA. Like, There's no way you're going to spend $500 exactly. on my, my shit. Let's be honest here. Right. Especially at VCU. Yes. That's so crazy. Dude, so what'd you go to ODU for? I'm for business management. Wow. Yeah. How's that helping you out? When I first was done, I, of course, you know, angry college students, like, I paid all this money, it's not working. But now I'm handling all the business on my own, it's like, all right, I, ah, I guess I am getting my money's worth. Yeah, there we go. So, I never got, like, the fancy office job, but I am learning a lot that's helping me out. It's like, oh, shit. Like, I literally, I failed accounting all four years. Like, it took me <laughs> my fourth year to finally pass accounting, and that is what I use every day now. Wow. Like, I'm just, I find myself just saying random phrases, like, oh, my cash flow is kind of low right now. <laughs> like, it's like, that's the one thing I remember, the class I took all four years. You're like, my debits have got to get up a little debits bit here, baby. got to get up a little bit. These assets and liabilities aren't quite balanced out. So, I guess it did work out. It worked out. But it's funny that you didn't go to school for art. Um... I was always steered away from it, which I mean, I, I appreciate that now because it's, I already had that talent mm-hmm. and just with my drive, I was going to teach myself and I feel like if someone taught me or tried to put me on this path or keep me in this box, I would have hated it. Like all through high school, I hated art class because it was like, 
you're pouring your heart out. You're taking your time out to do this work. For some guy, if like, I I give it a B. <laughs> so true. What the fuck do you mean I get a B? Like, <laughs> what, why did he get an A? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you didn't use blue. God. Right. It's like, cool. Like, like all through high school, took art just as elective. I never got an A. Jesus. And my first year of college, I had art history. That was mostly me just not wanting to wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning, but I got a D. And now these are guys I can just spit off top of my head. like The people that you were learning about in art history? Right. Because right. now you actually care. Now I actually care, and I took it upon myself to like you know pay respect, do the research of who came before me. Big fact. I mean, dude, I wish I knew more about art history because there's so much there. So, so much. much to learn from it, too. Yeah. Like There's stuff I've done, just different techniques, that I learned what it was called after. Or I learned an easier way to do it because mm. I've done the research after. I was like, damn, why was I working so hard and wasting so much paint or using this type of brush when the blueprint was already in front of me? I just didn't do the research. That, that's so interesting. Yeah, it's like you literally have hundreds of years of knowledge that you're not, like, some people don't utilize. To this day, I don't use not one paintbrush the right way. Like, I don't even call them the right thing. Filbert, no, it's the fat brush, the little brush, the detail <laughs> brush. Like, yeah. If it fits in the hole I need to be in, I'm going to use it. What do you mean you use it the right way? There's like a way you're supposed to like, hold it. There are different ways you hold it, the different ways you, you know, put paint on it. You know, different brushes use different do different things. You know, there's a line brush, the fine line brush. I'll use a I'll use a line brush to fill in a spot if that brush feels right. It's like who's going to tell me otherwise? Dude, it feels like jazz. You know, it feels like jazz. Like, like I feel like when jazz came out, no one cared about how you're supposed to hold your hand positions right. or, 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 or musical phrasing or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, I had someone watch me one time. They're like, it's amazing that you're just raw talent and have no clue what the fuck you're doing. Because, like, I watched you use a a brush for making lines. You filled in a whole painting, <laughs> the brush that you make fine lines with. And it just, I like the way it felt in my hand. It, it, and it's like, who cares? Yeah, I guess. It, it, the final result is the final result. It doesn't matter how you got there. It doesn't matter how I got there. That's part of the journey. And people get so confused by that. Yep. Like oh. I, people watch me like, you have so much paint on that brush. Like, I will, like, it'll be paint damn near up the handle. And like, just, just get a, a nice amount. Nope. I'm, I'm scooping it like ice cream. <laughs> well, in a lot of ways, I feel like, because I went to school for music at ODU. Okay. In a lot of ways, I wish I didn't know so much about music. Like, I feel like it kind of ruined it for me. Like, because, like, the same way you could learn too much about the techniques of art. Right. Knowing too much about the techniques of music mm-hmm. ruined me- making music for me. I know a lot of guys went for art, and they're just like, by the time it was over, I'm burnt out. Like, yeah. I'm fine getting a nine-to-five job. I never want to do an animation sale again. I never want to do this one, this one project again. It's like... I get it. I probably would have done the same thing. Dude, and I and I find that such a common thread on the artists I have on this podcast is most of them didn't go to art school. Yeah. And the most successful ones didn't go to art school too. Yeah, most of the ones I know on a personal level was like we got a we had a job at Foot Locker. Kind of went if we went to school, it was for like something that someone told us we should have went for. Parents. Right. Yeah. Same dude. It's like thanks, mom. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, appreciate, you know, appreciate that. You got me out of the house, I guess. It's, it's, it's my loan I got to pay for every month. You, you worked at Foot Locker? Yeah. How long? I was about 10 years. Whoa. Like, like vet. Holy shit. I was not expecting that. Yeah. You had a career like, at Foot Locker. A, a, a full career. Like, 
I'm at Foot Locker more than most people are at their real job. Jesus. Yeah. That was just all, it's all passion for shoes. That makes sense. I mean, you got some sweet ass shoes on right now. Yeah, that's. Are you rocking the Fear of Gods? Fear of Gods, yes. Yeah. And, and you're matching with the hoodie. God and damn, that's all, you came in swagging on me, dude. And that's all because of those 10 years. Like, those 10 years have probably got me more than the four years in college. Just those <laughs> relationships I've met. Like, you know, I was an assistant manager, and I've met people who went on to be like the VP of marketing for Nike or so and so for Converse. And I was like, hey, you are my manager. You want something? <laughs> like, hell yeah. So, just that. That sneaker relationship back then, you don't lose that. Like, it's a whole different world now. That was before sneakers were cool, though, too. Way before. Like, we were just like the weirdos in line on a Saturday that no one knew who the fuck they right? were. Right? Like, like, that was before all like the hype shit. 5 a.m. Why are you same 10 people here every Saturday? Right? And it was like, we became friends. It was like, yo, you got the 12, he got the 9. It's like, we were, it was cool. No fighting. Then that one February, that, that Galaxy phone posit came out. That's when the world changed. You think that changed everything? That was the one that changed it. Because people were like, oh, they're fighting for sneakers. There has to be a way to monetize this. Whereas, like, I would pay an extra 50 just to get the shoe the week before. People are paying 10 times the price of a shoe just to have the same shoe the next man has. It's like, we we took pride in having it before everyone else, you know, cutting school, coming in yeah. at lunchtime, having that Jordan no one else had. Now it's like you're you're going into debt to have the same thing as the next guy. Yeah, you're probably paying thousand dollars for some Yeezys. Like, right? It's so funny. I had like a brief stint in sneaker culture, mm-hmm. but it was when the SBs were hot. Right. Which that was, was a which, good time. Which was even before sneakerhead culture. Way before sneakerhead culture. Like SB culture was a separate entity. Like you had the Jordan culture, but they had this weird sub right. of like SB culture. And it wasn't something you could just go get out of store. Like I remember at, at that time that was like the peak of my footlock career, and people were just like, "Hey, y'all got SBs." And I could tell, like, they didn't know about SBs because they didn't even know where to get them. It's like, this isn't the type of store. You get them that. at the skate shop. Skate shop. Which is what fucked people yep. up. Soul Brothers in Norfolk. Oh, they had them? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, there was a shop up at Fair Oaks Mall in Virginia that, that sold I uh, remember SBs. that. I forgot what it was called, but I remember I do, that. too. It was just a bona fide skate yep. shop that just, they had the SB account, and it was like, boom. Yes. That was when stores had different tiers and accounts. Now it's like, you want a random footlocker. It's like, why is there a Yeezy on the wall? Really? Like, yeah, it's like... Oh, shit. Like, random stores get the weirdest stuff now. It's because the sneaker culture is so commodified now. Yeah, so commodified. Like, it's, it's, it's so mainstream in a weird way. Like, it's no longer just a weird subculture of dudes who just really care about their shoes. Right, that's the thing. It's like, no one actually cares about it. They care about what comes with having that sneaker. Exactly. The flex. The flex. There's the ones who want to flex. Then there's the ones who just want to monetize. So then there's, like, the few just OG sneakerheads or who are going to be here regardless we're not paying that retail price like <laughs> if i got it cool if i don't that's also cool yeah it's like it's, it, i mean i don't know i'm not thinking but i know you probably still are i mean you definitely like, I, you got, I still am but i'm not jumping through the hoops i used to it was cool to have those stories where it's like i woke up at five this guy let me cut the line and like i'm saying we, we just hung out chopped it up whereas now it's like all right this guy this shoe was two hundred dollars this kid's charging me eight hundred dollars for it. Oh it's like you don't have eight hundred dollars shoes on. You have two hundred dollars shoes on that you pay eight hundred dollars for. Yeah, and even the economy behind that with all these kids, like all, what is it called? The people that wait in line for you. 
Oh, uh, what's the term for those people? I'm, it's like just like a placeholder, I guess. But like, yeah, like like they literally have droves of people who go out and yeah. wait in line for them so they could get it. And like, right. it's a full fledged business now, business. and yeah. it's just like, like whoa. Um, like the last like line I actually like got in was like maybe two years ago in L.A. And I'm watching the front of the line. At least the first five weren't wearing them. Just like some random old guy, someone paid to stand there. <laughs> then like there's like a couple like random homeless people. It's like you told them you'll get them something to eat. You stand there, day of the release, you just come take your spot. God damn. Yeah. So it's like it's like it, no longer is it just for the culture. It's like people don't even they're just looking at it as pure profit. Pure profit. Like the SB and it's like oh god. That shit's annoying. Very. Especially for the ones who really just want to wear Like, I wear everything, anywhere. Like, people, like, random kids will comment on pictures, like, why are you painting in the Travis Scotts? It's like, because I'm a painter, and... Their shoes. What the fuck else do I do in them? Like, <laughs> yeah, their shoes. Like, what, if I play basketball, I would do that in them. Like, what am I going to do, bring them to the club and get them stepped on a thousand right. times? Like, the fuck is like, that for? I'm wearing them or I'm not wearing them. That's... I mean, that, those are my two options. If you ask me, that's the real flex is wearing the expensive pair of shoes like a normal pair of shoes. Like a normal pair of shoes. Like, it's like, it's like the people who, who save the Gucci box. Right. <laughs> like, yes. That's how you or know the, someone doesn't. Or the shopping bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember the, the guys in high school would save, like, the, the polo bag from the outlet. Like, you got it from the outlet at that. It's just a normal plastic bag. Like if you ever need more indication that this is your first pair of Gucci or that or that you're you're, you're broke, it's like you, you saved the, you box. Save the box. It's just packaging, yeah. my G. <laughs> yeah, don't take the price tags off. But but all of this it, it culminates into your art. I'm sure. Right. Put it all in. Yeah, a lot of you know a lot of the colors I use they came from a colorway or something I seen in my closet or something I grew up with. Like I use a lot of like the pinks I use that that old Yeezy pink or Ooh. infrared pink or it's it's all. It all came from a, from something. You know, I use a lot of canary yellow, so. Was that for the Tweety Bird? Yeah. So oh, all comes back to something. How old are you? I am thirty-one. Okay, so we're pretty similar in like our after-school mm-hmm. cartoons. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's been a lot of Disney Plus on for the last three days. Disney Plus and chill. Yeah, that's <laughs> been that's been my thing. That's been like the biggest memes, dude. Yeah. I love the one with Goofy. He's like, "You want a yuck?" Yeah. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of that going on. <laughs> That's what's up, dude. Hey, Disney. Inspiration's probably flowing for you with all that Disney. Oh, yeah. Like, I flew through the whole, like, X-Men series in, like, two days. Like, the old school the X-Men old school series. X-Men, yeah. Oh, my. Dude, two days. Do you remember the It's Juggernaut, bitch? Yes. That, that was, that was that like, before wave, meme culture. Right. Like, kids today would probably look at that like, what the they fuck don't even the fuck get are you talking about? But that... Just the fact that someone turned a whole episode of a cartoon <laughs> into one big meme. That was the funny. That was shit. like groundbreaking for us. That was the best. Yeah. Like I never seen anything like that. I remember showing all my friends and just laughing our ass. Oh, we would watch that all day. That was the best. Yeah. It's like fuck you, Professor Xavier. What are you talking and about? And that wasn't even like a cool episode. <laughs> like that was one of the worst episodes. But it just that made it so cool. Like who picked that one? Put all the just all the the dialogue. That's like early internet culture that early no one's ever going to understand. Never going to understand. God, it's so great. Yeah. Dude, so tell me about like your, your time at ODU. Like, I'm so curious because I wonder if we had similar experiences. Um, well, I, was, I, wasn't, I wouldn't say I was like the traditional like, campus student because I was working through, through school. Mm-hmm. So I was working and staying at home. So I was never really on campus. Oh, because you're from there. Right. So I would, you know, 
be done with class in the morning, straight to work. And, and back home. Back home. So that was my cycle. So I wasn't – I enjoyed ODU more after. It's like, I'm done now. Let me get my money's worth. So It's so interesting. I had the complete college experience. I had the college experience as an adult. Hey. Some, of the, some of the stuff I do now, it's like – That's probably better, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Because you got money now. Yeah, you right. got money now. You can actually do right. what you want. Right. So it's great. Dang. Great. Yeah, dude. College – what a blip. I wish I didn't go. I wish I didn't go, especially now that I enjoy it more out of college. What do you mean? Like, what I do now, I could do without actually paying for tuition. <laughs> I can even just go on the campus or go to the bar. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't got to, like... actually need to be enrolled. You don't got to be enrolled to go turn up and drink kegs. Like, you can just do that. Just do it. Right. On the normal. Yeah. That's so crazy, dude. Yeah. Fuck. That's really all college is for, just networking, meeting, meeting people. So you're an artist in D.C. now? Artist in D.C., yes. You live in D.C.? Um, Northern Virginia, but this is where all the, the money happens. It is. It is in D.C. Yeah. And do you find that for you it's all about the galleries, or do you find that it's all about like your personal sales? Like, How does that look like for you? I would say the personal sales then translate to gallery sales. Really? It's, it's such a funny game. It's interesting. It's like the galleries see what I do without them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, now you've earned a spot to come play with us. Oh, because they see you can, you can pull money. You can move this on your own. So how can we monetize you? Like you don't, you haven't made it until someone feels like they can make money off of you. That's pretty true, right? Right. Like once you get there, it's like, all right, I made it. They see something <laughs> to me where they're going. Like if they give me a thousand, that means they made two thousand off of me. That's exactly what it is. Right. So I get that all the time. Galleries will see me at a fair or just moving stuff. Whereas a lot of people will see, like, if I put a piece I sold, they're thinking I'm just flexing. No, that's all marketing. Because I know you all smart. want stuff that you can't have. That's exactly so what So I'll sell something, and someone's like, okay, now it's my time to get one because someone else bought it. Oh. And that's when the galleries come crawling in, like, hey, we got some space. What do you have available? It's like, this is the same stuff you've been following me for years, watching me do. Now you see it moving. You want to get in on that money train. Yeah, it's like not I'm as much of a fresh risk face you want to play with, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Look at this young black DC artist yeah, exactly. in his like uh, lowbrow art. Right. It's, it resonates in the streets. Aren't we hip? Mm-hmm. And you're, you're probably sitting there like, I don't need y'all. Right. But I do it because it's all one big cycle. Like, I'm, I'm selling without the galleries. The galleries didn't see that, put me in a gallery. Then the normal everyday man sees me in that gallery, so they want the art. So it's like, all right, cool. He's in this gallery in Japan. I think I need his work now. Like he's he's earned the place in my home. If they want his stuff overseas, that okay. So that makes yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it's like, all just one big cycle. That people don't realize that I'm just playing with their emotions. Yeah, rather than like hating and being on like screw the guys, it's like, well, let me just rock right. with it. Fuck right. It. It's like cool. You galleries is advertising. It's like cool. You took a percentage of my art, but. I got to say that my art's in Japan now. Facts. Like, I'm not over there, but my work is, and they love me. So I can now use that as marketing over here, where it's like, if I'm pretty big in Japan, you should probably buy my art, too. That's so Just it, saying. Like, the look is worth everything. Like, right. Like, that that building oh, yeah, of the, the cloud. Get that Instagram picture. It's you're good. Yeah, they get that picture with, like, yo, I just sold this big-ass so piece. I sold it's this like, big-ass piece in Japan? Hell yeah, I need one. Yeah. Oh, it's that. It's definitely something that's to be worth money in the mm-hmm. future. Because there's people who will see me do something, and then they will message me like, hey, I want this piece. I'm like, oh, you want the piece I did five years ago. 
So it took you to basically see me do something somewhere else to now you're thinking, all right, yeah, I, I fully I finally need to invest in him before he's too big for me where I can't afford him. That's so weird, man. What is that about humans? You just got to have someone else do it first. It's like the validation. Yep. It's it, I figure it's like that's like a whole thing in like picking up women too. Yeah. Like the validation of shit. Yeah. I'm guilty of, you know, talking to girls and I see other people want that girl. It's like, oh, nope, she's mine now. Like, I am proud of her now. Don't talk to her. Right. I'm going to do right. Like, I'm, that's how it is. Even on the other side, like, if a girl sees that other girls want you, like, ooh, there must be a reason Same why. Same thing. It's like, oh, I want him now because other girls. It's like, oh, girls I talk to now, I wasn't talking to them at Foot Locker. <laughs> right, but now I'm this artist that people are kind of interested in. It's like, huh, I think I'm interested in them too now. You, you be getting some art hosts off the cloud? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm single. Okay, yeah, we can talk about this shit. Really? It happens. They be, they be sliding the DMs? Oh, yeah. Is that how they do it? Yeah. They'd be like, I love your art. I love your art, your inspiration, your this, your that. And it's like, I'm just a regular guy. And then you're like, yeah, we should kick it sometime. We should kick it. I can, yeah, I'll definitely take you to a gallery. Yeah, that's exactly what I do, too. Yeah. I don't even got as much clout as you do. And then girls be sliding my DMs. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, this is so sick. Yeah, we, you seem really cool. We should chill sometime. Yep, that's that's the go-to. I know I know an art show this weekend. Want to come? Yeah. <laughs> one I might even want to go to. It's like, yeah, yeah. Come on. You're like, oh, I was thinking about going to it. But now that I can bring someone, yeah, I'll go to it now. Definitely. Yeah. Do I do a show all the time? All the time. It's actually way better too. It's a lot better just the traditional just dating. It's like, yeah. it's like actually something to do. I don't want to go out and grab a drink with the girl. Right. Like do something fun. And that's something that like a normal guy isn't gonna take her to do. Like exactly. how many other guys are just taking you to some random pop up? Right. So then she's gonna take that back, like, oh, he took me here and I met so and so. He's so interesting. He's like a full time artist doing right. his cool art gallery. And then I just sucked his dick. It was great. Like, meanwhile, you're DMing me and I'm like on the couch watching Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not as cool as you think it is. Yeah. Except, and then it's like, oh, yeah, well, I guess what? I woke up at when I wanted to uh, at right. my own time frame. I did this when I wanted to. I hit you back when I felt when like I it. Like, like, it's like, mm, what kind of winning here? That, that arrogance kind of gets you a long way, too. Where it's like, just to be able to. Do what you want, or to feel like I created that, and I just sat back and watched people go crazy over it. It's like, oh, it's pretty cool. But that's what happens when you do it yourself. Yeah, you know, when you spend the eight, nine years you've spent investing into yourself, into your art, like right. that's the rewards of of taking that risk, of that gamble that people who clock in every day don't take. Don't take. And I mean, even if you do both, that's great too. Like, use your job to fund your career. Exactly. A lot of people will just get in that career and it's like, all right, I guess this is how I'm going to die now. It's like, no. If you have something you want to do, you now have a cushion where you're making money to invest in that. If you lose money, fuck it. Just go back to work tomorrow, make that another 60K or whatever you make, and try it again. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I love that approach in that business model because i did that I, I worked a full-time job bought all my photography gear and right. i said fuck y'all fuck it yep but also on the flip side you know i don't knock anyone who double dips but i think you have more investment and you push yourself a little bit more when you're kind of all in yes there's something about it when that just puts that little pressure on when you you know it's like i need to fucking get it together like if yeah I eat tomorrow yeah yeah when you're when you're sitting there like, ooh, I can't just smoke weed and fucking play right. League of Legends, which is like what I used to do a lot more. But now I'm like, ooh, I gotta do this, and right. then I can smoke weed. Yeah, once I once I see that 
that cushion start to windle down, it's like, all right, let me find the next show, the next opportunity. <laughs> Try a little bit. This shit is like we're getting kind of to the red. Yeah, yeah. Let me turn it up a little bit. And the month, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, we got to start hitting up some old right. customers. Like, let like, me go ahead and shoot some emails, let them know what I'm working on. You know, it's so relatable, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the same, but I'm a full-time photographer too, so it's like, I get it, man. It's Honestly, I've been doing it so long that I kind of forgot how much of a luxury it is to make our own schedule all right so sometimes i kind of just and as much as like a lot of like young artists frowned upon it get those corporate gigs like, yes. you're gonna give me yes. eight stacks just to yes. throw some bullshit up real fast do it give me that cushion yes. i need it yeah it's like don't care what the streets say to you fuck it yeah who cares right. what, what the random dude says uh, calling you a sellout because i care about the random broke guy calling me a sellout yeah Sure, I did. The, the random broke guy who works at Target. Right. It's like, fuck that You guy. didn't even get to the point where you could sell out. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't give a fuck what you think. But isn't that half the point? Yeah. Like, to, you want to get to a point where you get big deals, and the big deals come from people who are, quote, unquote, selling out. Right. Which, I mean, as long as you're doing what you what got you to that point, are you really selling out? It's right. like I could see if I just took some random deal with... I don't know target where i'm painting circles or something it's like the fuck are you doing like <laughs> why did you take that like everything i take is usually true to me where they know all right he has the freedom he has you know what he's doing let's keep him in that same like that it same aligns way. with you in some right, it aligns way with what i'm doing it's not like some like left field like underwear company it's just like what the fuck is that right. to me I mean, even like the underwear. That actually sounds kind of tight. Even the underwear company that did you know, reach out to me, it was like, "Oh, they did? You did? Yeah, it was like, uh, like the fucking cartoon draws. It's like, yeah, it's right up my alley. That sounds. That's actually that sounds legit. Right? Like, why wouldn't I take that? It's Dude. right up my alley. So when did like, you do that? Um, might have been like a year ago. Oh shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, like socks, different things like that. that it, like, it all ties into shit I do. So it's like, it's perfect. Just shoot me over some socks with Bart Simpson on it. It's like, yes, that's I would buy that anyway. Yeah. So it's not selling out. That's some shit that I would have bought that I got for free now. Dude, one hundo, dude, one hundred percent on that. Right. Are Are there any other like big companies that you've worked you've worked with that you can like talk about? Um, I'd probably say the Nike deal was probably the biggest. You did a Nike deal? Yeah. Dude, I mean, tell me uh, about that. The Cultivator. They've. I was on the the first wave, but there are a lot of like artists now who are getting their own little collection of shoes, like Chris Pirate did. Yes, that's part I was of the Cultivator. On, right. He was the most recent one, which the direction is going in now. I love it, where it's kind of like city-based. Like, the one before him was just all New York artists. Oh, wow. With me, we were kind of like a trial period where it was like, I was an artist. There was like some random guy who worked at Home Depot. It was like, what the fuck is his story? Like, why does he have one? So it's kind of like, at that time, they were just reaching out for like influencers. Mm. Whereas now they're reaching out to people who really have a story to tell, where it makes sense. Right. So... I definitely like where they're going with that. And I didn't have the whole palette that they have now where it's like, like I saw like one guy on a new one, like he flipped the swoosh upside down. I was like, That's I basically so had like sick. a handful of cover colors. I was like, fuck, I can't really use this the way I want to. Oh, really? Whereas now like they're really getting. What, 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 um, what shoe did you choose to design? I did the Air Max 95. Oh, that's a good shoe. At the time it was like Air Max 95, Air Force One, then like a couple like. Like new models that really don't resonate with the sneakerhead. Whereas yeah. now it's like, it seems like they're giving them the option to do whatever Nike's like current current model is. Like I think 
He did the Element Fifty Five. Dude, I was so I was like, that's I was like, that's like the coolest shoe right that's now. That's a dope, right? That's that's the cool shoe right now. And the one before that was the uh, I want to say the Element. Is it Seven Twenty? Maybe. Maybe or Two Seventy. That he did or someone else? The one before the group before him. The group before him, I knew it was this girl named Mong Lin. Yeah. She's the only person I know who did it before him. Was there someone bef- between them? The one before him was like an all New York. Oh, okay. Group. A whole different city. Yeah. Okay. So it's like now they're kind of curating people. And with me, it was like, you got one free pair, knock yourself out. With them, they got like a full rollout. Like, we're going to do like, we're going to do like photo shoots. We're going to do promo. We're going to do all this other stuff. Oh. It was like, with me, it was kind of like, damn. All right. Yeah, I mean, if you ask me, they still kind of do them dirty because, like, it's kind of weird that they do this big event and then you can't even buy them there. Right. Which is weird to me. Like that, that was, was weird. I th- like, and 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 it's no shame on Chris or anyone like that, but I just think that's weird that it's like I would have bought them if they were there. That's what I, I was thinking. The point of that was to buy it right there. That's what I thought too. And I could see people in the comments like, so I can't get it now. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you still get it in four weeks. It's like that. Then 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 why? And like when my batch. It was so like cookie cutter that you could literally just Nike ID the same shoe <laughs> I did. It was like, the fuck was the point? Yeah, like their box is cool now. Like, yeah, y- y- y'all got like boxes. They they sent Nike cameraman. Y'all got videos coming right. out like in promos nice and stuff. Little, like B roll. I had to put my own like like promo together myself and just post it on Instagram. I was like, I hope you guys want it. You got a week to buy it. But it was still like an an epic look. That's still to good do look. anything right. with Nike is still like the biggest look you can get. Right? Like who else can say they done that? Like I I, I mean, shout out to Chris. He's cru- he's fucking crushing it right now. Like right. you get any look like that, and it's just like yeah. you've you've ascended at least a little level. Right. So Your clout level goes up a little bit. Yeah. So I'll say that. Um, still, like the most known thing I've done is the and piece of box. Like people still like have one in their house like can you sign my box I'm like why the fuck do you still have this pizza box from that's like a year and a half ago now what you did and pizza box yeah. dude tell me about that um it was the it was a contest at first um but you just you drew your you design submitted it just my sketch blew up online like people were just reposted it like Yo, like this box is fire so they gave it to me you know that went crazy for like a year like people just people were personally like just go up there like can i get the box and not the pizza holy like they just wanted this box it was that tight looking i mean it wasn't even my best work but it fit in Mm. that that end piece of model did you got paid for that right yeah okay i'm not gonna ask you much anything but like i'm about to say i know you got paid for that rather than just like the fucking at on instagram right yeah that was like a, a good look that's what's up, like, dude. Up and down the East Coast, people are like, yo, I got the box today. Like, can you sign it? But that's so cool because you won, like, democratically. Like, you didn't just get it because you knew someone. Like, you won that right. shit because you earned it. Like, like there was a like, chance someone else could have won. Right. It was like, I beat everyone else who just went and got this blank box, drew something, and. That says a lot. Right. Like, that says a lot more than getting chosen for some shit. Right. I'm like, even just the, the sloppy sketch, people were like, yo. That's that's the box. People got some greasy ass pizza boxes in their house. Yeah, <laughs> like people got them framed. I'm like, did you? You could have asked for one that wasn't used. Like you kept the one your pizza was actually in. 
Like, got honey dripping on it. Like, vent that much to him, man. Yeah, which, I mean, it's, I appreciate it. I won't. It's nothing I take for granted. Now, how how much are you involved with the New York City scene? Um, It's odd because even when I just got back from this fair, a lot of people who walked up to me think I'm from there. Really? Which is, it's a cool feeling because they're very proud of it. It's like, yeah, you're one of ours, right? And it's like, I don't get that anywhere else. Like, back home, it's like, all right, cool, you're you're the artist from the 757, whatever. They really took the pride, like, you have a studio here? Like, how can I come see you? Like, we really fuck with you. So that was a feeling I never got anywhere else. So it's like, that's definitely a market I will always love. If something's going on, I can get my hands in, I'm, I'm in it. Like, is is the New York art scene like a lot different? Like, have you noticed that it's it's a lot different because there's so much going on. Mm. Whereas with like DC, there's if there's a show going on, that is the show for the night, and it's usually the same handful of artists in it. Like New York, you can it can be an event, and it's just an artist you've never even heard of before. It's like, oh, who's this guy? Like, it's pretty dope. Where here, you you know most of the artists who are doing something. It's the same kind of rotation. Sometimes. Same rotation in most places. Okay. Did you ever have thoughts to move out there? I, that's always the thought. But it's like, I could see myself getting distracted just with the city. Like here, I can work, play, shoot back home, do my thing. Yeah. New York is a different vibe every night. That's like, so true. I could see myself just not touching a paintbrush for two weeks. Amir with the booze. What's up? Yeah, man, please. Yeah. Bye, dude. I, I, literally, I was just thinking, like, my cup's fucking empty, yes. dude. Round three. Yeah, please, man. Pour us up, my man. Ooh, ooh, the, ooh, man, you're getting me. You got the liquor to the wine, the Guinness. Okay. Are you with this? Yes. Okay. The extra stout. I didn't know if you. I don't know if I want the cup or just out the bottle. I'm just going to do out the bottle. Fuck it. Yeah, I'm not going to do all the extra stuff. Hey, cheers. You're now. We're on now round three. This is what's up. This is a chill ass podcast. I'll take that. Yeah. Clean up the table. For everyone watching on YouTube, you got to keep the table clean. Keep the table clean. No, next next show maybe my work will be in the backdrop. You know, no you, disrespect to Noah. You know, actually, your your stuff has been in the backdrop of my, of one of my podcasts. I did see that. Yes, you're actually I, in some of my thumbnails. I'm pretty sure I, I screenshotted those. Any, I'm an artist like that. If I see my work, I'm screenshotting it. I hope so, man. I do the same goddamn all, thing all the time. Yeah, I remember. I think I saw someone. Uh, it was like a. It was one of those. It was like a loony. Is the dog? I want to say it was a, the scrappy dude. In the background, it was a yeah, it was a scrappy dude oh, yeah. or something in the background, and I remember just being there. I, so, I, that was one of the yeah, he did sell that. I remember, yeah. I vividly remember Amir being like, "Yo, this man sold a lot of shit." Yeah, this, this place brings a lot of luck. Uh, I don't know. Can we, can we speak on that? Like, what are, what is the other? Uh, yeah, we can speak on it. What's the going rate of the other artists? Like, am I one of the like highest sold? But yeah, damn. So this, this place brings a lot of love. You said what? He has one, like, as far as, like, one piece sold, just off the rope, yes. How much was it? A thousand? Yeah. Damn. All right. And that's probably nothing for you now these days, huh? Yeah, that's just, that might be low end. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yes. That's what, hey, cheers to fucking that, my yeah, guy. So don't you be set, set the, the record home. for this building. Oh, no, it's cool. Oh, it's cool. Yeah, it's whatever. Um, we had the interview when you did the interview here. Yeah. I him so much because he was the one that pretty much 
follow oh, yeah. that whole blueprint of what I think the modern day artist is. Oh, all the dots are connecting. Amir just yes. said it. I don't know if you heard it, but he was saying that like when I interviewed Amir, which is when I first started my podcast out of here, huh? we were referencing you a lot as far as how you approached being an artist. Right. And it was something that Amir kind of just coined, and it was like this triple threat idea where you have the art on the walls, which is a high price point. Right. You have your Instagram following, but then you do the merchandise. Yes. And and those three things mm-hmm. is what you know Amir just identified as being. And Amir's the owner of and the guy who runs Home DC, this art gallery, is like the three pillars of a success as an artist. Right. I mean, a lot of people look at merchandise as like a a cop out or selling out, but you gotta think about it. Not everyone can afford a thousand dollar piece, but exactly. who can't afford a thirty dollar t shirt? And if I'm if you really like my work that much, I could jack it up to forty dollars and give like I own something of his. I'm I'm cool. Like I supported him. I have something. It'll be worth something one day. I mean, I'm nobody and I'm signing people's t shirts. <laughs> Just cause they're like one day you'll be something. I can't afford the artwork, but I can say I got this T-shirt right now. So it's like, why not take advantage of that? And it's smart because you're smart. right. And it's not selling out or anything. It's it's, it's, not. it's called business. It's people. still something I created. Like yeah. you're not gonna get that shirt at Walmart. Like I made that. Uh, why not? Why like, not? Why not? Why? It, who said that an artist or a photographer, anyone, can't do shirts? Right. Can't do cereal boxes. Can't do this. Can't do that. No. Why not? Because I mean, and that's and that's the smartness. Because like. Not everyone can get these big pieces. Right. But I know people come out. They If you went out on a Friday night, you have $30. Mm-hmm. You're already here. Why not leave with something? That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Because now art shows aren't necessarily just for collectors, which is which is kind of materialized in my head. It's like it's now that it's like people like you are reclaiming the art space, you know, mm-hmm. making it their own and, and showing up the fine art collectors. Right. Now the events are being changed where it's no longer this stiff white walled gallery. Right. Where now it's, it's more of an event. It's more of a party and it's, it's still about the art. It's still about the art. And it, if, you know, done right, it's still about the art, mm-hmm. but not everyone there, if anyone is there to buy the art. So you do the other stuff. You do the other stuff. Right. And if you, if you do it the right way, it actually helps sell the art. Because it's like, if you're that guy who does have that money, and you're like, look at all them just buying a t-shirt. I'm going to buy the paint just to flex. But th- th- a good profit margin on t-shirts. Right. So that profit so margin. I still sold all the t-shirts. And that one guy just wanted to flex and bought the painting. So win-win. It's like everyone won. Everybody won. Your audience got some stuff. You got paid twice over. Right. Dang. Yeah, and you've been doing that for a while. Like, no, like you've, yeah. you've kind of been approaching it from that angle. Yeah, my my approach to merchandise is as long as I break even, where it's like, because my merchandise, that's a billboard. You wearing my t shirt, it's like, oh shit, where'd you get that shirt? 100%. I get people all the time, like, yo, I wore the shirt today. People just kept stopping me. I didn't think twice about that shirt today, but you love it. Five people stopped you. Now they're coming to me, like, how can I get this shirt that I made three years ago and I'm not going to make again? But. They're now waiting for me to do the next thing. Dude, you doing that here at Home DC has inspired me and many other artists. Oh, yeah. Straight up. Because, I, yeah. I tell him all the time, like, I've watched artists follow me and then follow him. Where they won't say two words to me, but they're like, he's doing something in that building. I don't know what the fuck that building is, but he's doing something magical in that building that mm-hmm. I need to be a part of. And I just watch artists all the time. Like, any opportunity I get, they just follow it. They flock to it. Like, what? what is going on over there? Like. 
that's not a gallery, but something is going on at home that I just need to keep my eyes on it. Yeah, I mean, and dude, like, Amir's been completely crushing. Like, now oh, he's, whew. he's like, now the galleries are coming to him. Right. Like, like some of, like, the Hillier endorsed by mm-hmm. some of the people in Georgetown and stuff, like, they're tapping him to, right. like, do some of their off shows and do this mm-hmm. and that. And next thing you know, who's going to be running who's shit? Who's going to be running shit? Like, who's, who's going to be in touch with the streets and, and knowing and, everyone? Right. And that's the thing, like, a lot of young artists or just young people in general, they don't, they don't want to reach out on that level that, where I reached out to Amir, like we, me, neither one of us is where we are right now when we met each other. Mm. We most people want to reach out when you already made it, so and then true. they feel like you owe them something. Where it's like, oh, he wouldn't take a meeting with me. He wouldn't talk to me. Where were you when I was just trying to figure things out? Like, I remember the day, the day I messaged Amir, I was in Target just looking on his page, like that's a dope <laughs> spot. Yeah, and he called me like, yo, you want to do a show? So that just was supposed to happen, like. I just happened to be looking, wanted to do a show anyway. He reached out to me like, when I create, this is the type of place I want my work in. I never thought gallery. Like, don't expose me to a gallery. but Because the barrier for entry at, at like, a traditional gallery is so high, and those, and those circles are so different. And the people that frequent those galleries aren't the people you really want fucking with you anyways. Right. Like, even, like, a show like this, if there's that one, like, uptight motherfucker, I'm not talking to him. Like, yeah, you buy something cool, but, like... I didn't make this shit for you, for you to be stuck on the wall, not talking to nobody. Like, you know, it's not a party setting, but we still turning up. Like, we having a good time. Yeah, we're having a good time. We're talking about art. We're listening to music. Like, this is like the ideal situation for this stuff to be consumed. Right. You know, it's it's not some stiff thing. With, you know, I mean, dude, I went to like a traditional gallery thing the other day. And I don't want to say the gallery, Longview Gallery. Um, <laughs> and it was all old white people. Yeah. All waspy-ass old white people. The funny thing about that particular gallery, I mentioned them earlier today, they just pride themselves on being the oldest gallery in the city. Which I Literally. By, just gave, by age why they are. Right. <laughs> I gave, that the, gave them away, but still. It's like, yeah, you are old as fuck. Mm-hmm. When are you going to do something different? Like, why is, that, why is this same art still on the walls? And you're happy that you're this old gallery that still has this same shit on the walls. Like, what are you going to do something different? And it's funny, like, they followed me recently, and they just, like, kind of watch stuff. And it's like, yeah, you might want to keep track of what how things are changing. Because, dude, I mean, I couldn't believe the shit that they were telling me. Like, they have, like, a residency program there. Yeah. And they were saying, that, like, I was talking to artists. I was like, oh, so how often do you exhibit? They're like, oh, once every two years. I said, what? Right. And I you're said, the resident, resident artist. I said, you're paying to be a part of this, and you only show your work once right. every two years? Mm-hmm. I literally, like, in the most dickheaded, arrogant way, I laughed. And they, were, and they, and they were, like, so taken aback by that. And, like, the, even the, the way of getting in that residency program, it was like, you can't have shown anywhere solo in, like, the last three years or something like the that fuck? or it was like a bunch of shit like you pretty much had to be a no one to be in this program so like are you just looking for people to take advantage of because you have this title of being the the longest running gallery in this area like, and, and, and all that shit's gonna switch one day i don't know when or maybe it won't it, i think it's coming now Really? Like, I mean, I mean, look, look at what you're doing. Look at what I'm doing. Yeah, I like, literally go in galleries now to just look at the same piece I saw two years ago. Like I was so up sad. in New York. Like, the, uh, I'm not gonna mention the gallery, but she's like, "Hey, I seen you before." And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I submitted work for to you guys for a while, and you also follow me." I was like, "I just wanted to stop by and, and like see all the work that y'all chose over me." Damn, you said it just like that. Yeah, just like that. 
I was like, yeah, I remember that Mickey Mouse chair was here when I was like, you know, back in like 2015. I thought it was like a cool ass chair, and but I guess I was the only one thought it was a cool ass chair because it's still there. Damn. She was like, yeah, we we try to like, you know, we're trying to change things around and you know jazz it up and switch things out and da da da. It's like, all right. It's like it's like the record industry. How it's just it just the power is going back to the people. Back to the people. Where now mm-hmm. I can put on my own exhibition and put myself right. on. I can do it for one night, and that's all you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. Just one right. great organized night. Because mm-hmm. when you think about it, I mean, people. Of course, you want to say, you know, oh, I've done this show in X Y Z gallery, but what's the difference between me doing a show here, selling a thousand dollar painting that night? me doing a show in this gallery that I had to jump through hoops still sold the same thousand dollar painting maybe over the course of a year <laughs> big facts like, either way I still made the same thousand who gives a fuck about the clout or where I actually did it and the environment was better here anyways way better you know, everyone it, got to see me they got to take pictures with me it it li- lived on longer like every event I've done here weeks later I'm getting people posting pictures or tagging me in something whereas those galleries I'm like hey can you send me a picture can you send me a fucking picture, please? Like, like, you have my shit on the wall. Can you just, can I promote, can we promote each other? Nope. No. My social media guy will get it to you when he gets it to you. Isn't that weird? It's- I, I've done so much shit, like partnerships that no one knows about because they didn't push me or I don't have anything to show for it. Like, they're just straight up just, just killing themselves. Like, yeah. a slow, That's slow. Thing, like, no death. one knows about you. You have my work. I have an. No, pretty decent following. If you shoot me something, I'm going to push you. Whereas now, it's like, all right, who the fuck are they? Maybe I need to see what they're working on. Ain't that some shit where you have a bigger following than the gallery? Oh, all the time. And there's about 20 people who follow me. That No matter what I do, they're going to follow that. The diehards. Right. It's like I will watch them. If they don't say two words to me, they're going to follow that gallery, that company. Whatever it is, they're like, all right. What is he doing over there? Let me watch it. So, I love people like that. I've, I've got a couple, like they like follow everyone I tag on all my shit. Yep. The models, the makeup artists, they, they yep. show they show them all love, and I'm just like, dude, thank you. Like I, I appreciate mm-hmm. you guys. It just makes me want. That's like, how it should work. It's how it should work. Right. It's like a real audience. I get. Um. I mean. I mean. I just click on homes. I can see people who haven't been to DC maybe in like the last. Five years. It's like, what made you follow them other than me? Let's right. Just, let's be serious. Like, uh, I know you just think it looks cool. Right. Like, oh, you think you know about a cool art spot? Funny thing, like, by the pictures, you would think this is just like the biggest fucking place ever. Like, there's a whole nother wing over here. <laughs> so it's like, yo, I gotta see that home place. So everyone's always heard about this place. Everyone's heard. Like, like people I've talked but to. There's not many who've actually just came in and vibed out. So that's very true. Yeah. Just, just like chilled. Just taking it all in. So what's next for you, man? Like, how how are you looking at 2020? Uh, 2020. Um, I think right now I'm focusing on more like uh, like hotels and like more living spaces, things like that. Mm, what about that? It's got you interested. Um, the big thing about that is like a hotel is like a living gallery. Mm. Um, you look at more like boutiques, hotels, places like that. It's like there's so much foot traffic. And it's like the settings, it, it just really, my art just fits in perfect. And that's a place where, let me think of an example. Well, they got that money too. Let's be that honest. too. They will, they will, they will throw you some the bread. Check. Yeah. Fuck it. The Moxie. 
Okay. Nice little boutique gallery. Plenty of women frequent that place. My art on the wall, it's a no-brainer. Oof. I mean, you just that look is just everything. Right. Who is Marley McFly? Oh, he must be someone. Right. Moxley's with him. This mm-hmm. is a big company. Right. Damn. So, a lot. A lot. I want to be more. I want right. the corporate bag. Fuck it. We all want the we corporate want bag, it. my guy. Just that, that stability. There's that no comfort. shame in that shit. No shame in it. <sighs> and that gets you to a point where doing the commissions or doing the pieces, that value goes up. Because now so you true. don't have time to do it. Or it's like, fuck. He's only did like one painting this year. And that shit's like $3,000. Like, either I got to buy it or somebody else going to buy it. And plus, so, everyone sees the fact that you're only doing corporate shit. Right. And it's like, oh, he's finally it's doing like, some oh, stuff to release. It's like, us, or he's doing his exhibition. It's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to buy a shirt. I'm going to buy a little painting. I'm going to do as much right. as I can. Right. So, but you look at every artist. Once they, the higher they rise the lower the chance of just the everyday man just being able to, hey, let me get a painting. Let me get a painting. It's like, no, I just did one painting this year. Whoever gets it, that's your painting. Wow. So That's that's so cool. Like, that's where you're operating now is that fact that you are in the moxie, right? Like, you... That's... Let's just speak it into existence. It's... Oh, it's, it's like in the works kind of thing? Yeah. Or, so. I mean, it makes sense to me. Like, I can literally envision your art on the walls. It makes tons of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And... The way I went about reaching out, it wasn't even like what I was thinking. I was kind of shooting low, like, hey, let me do an event here. It's like, no, this shit goes hand in hand. Like, mm. just the way you juxtapose things, the way we're kind of, you know, cutting edge. And my art really works in most places that women frequent. Like, <laughs> it just just happens that way. So, there is the. I can see that. I mean, it's very approachable, I think, for anyone, but let alone if it speaks to women, that's fucking powerful. Yeah. You found that? Like, it kind of just... Yeah, like, I make work that women look good taking pictures in front of. Oh, that's powerful. Once you reach that area, that demographic, it's like, all right, you're doing something where it's like, once you get the women validation, it's like, this this belongs in my Instagram picture. It's like, all right. I did something. That's right. literally a look. If if the, if the hot girl you follow on Instagram girl you follow wants to take a picture in front of it, like that's how you know someone's like, all right, they they got the point of approval. Maybe if I buy that, then she might fuck with me. Right. All of a sudden, I'm cool now. Da 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 da. da. Exactly. Isn't that crazy how she works? Crazy how it works. Damn, Meanwhile, so- I'm just on the couch with a bowl of Captain Crunch, watching fucking X Men. My guy, I feel you on that, dude. That's isn't that crazy? Like it's so funny. It's so funny. Like someone's so hype, and you're just like a normal the dude just enjoying your life. People are like, hey, uh, Mr. McFly, da 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 da. It's like, just fucking call me. Like we're I'm a regular guy. Like, <laughs> just Mister. Like I'm 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 just like you, man. Right. I've been doing this for a while. And people thank me for like the weirdest shit. It's like uh, you didn't need to thank me. It's like you asked me a question, I answered. I'm a normal guy. It's like, yo, you really replied to me. Like, yeah. I'm a human. That's what you do. People speak. You speak back. It's because, like, I get it. I it, mean, like when you have sort of follower amount and when, like, you you have a visible track record of right. working with big clients, mm-hmm. it's like it's it's almost as, like, people think that you don't have business talking to them. Right. People are trained for some reason to think that people who are important or doing big things don't have time for them. Right. I get, like, nobody who treat me that way. Like, I'll say something. Mm-hmm. I'll, like, reply to their story or something. And I'll just, like, blow it off. It's like... Are they, are they like like your message and not say some shit? Right, that's, like, that pisses me it's off. Like, who the fuck are you to just blow me off? Like, yeah, or anyone, right? Or anyone, anyone right. who shows you love. It's like, how, dude, come on, they say right. something back. Something. 
Unless you're laughing at my memes, I'm really sometimes I won't reply. Like you're, they're just sending a laugh. Right. It's, Those, that's a quick like, reply. Let's be yeah. honest. That's a quick, quick, quick reply. Right. Like I'm when not. When you really take the time, it's like, yo, you really inspired me. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, are you not human? <laughs> Do 100. Mm-hmm. percent So that's what you're thinking about 2020. The whole like bigger commercial living spaces. Definitely trying to go big. That seems like um, the move, man. Like, I mean, it it ties in. Like I said, I'm always been inspired by sneakers and things like that. So any boutiques, you know, just. It just fits. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah, it's exciting. Definitely want to get into more design work, uh, different brands. So. Have you thought about doing YouTube? I don't really know how I want to approach that just because I kind of like my techniques being real mysterious. Okay. And just panning on camera has always been weird to me. Like, because I'm the type, like, I'll paint some shit and wander off. And, like, there's been plenty of people try to do, like, time lapses of me. It's like, where the fuck did he go? It's like I don't feel like doing it right now. I went and go, went and talk to this girl. <laughs> like I'm not just locked in 24 seven. So it just it never really worked for me. It's such a me. Yeah, people always think that like someone like you is just like 24 seven locked in and creating no, art. I do regular guy shit. Yeah, I just happen to be able to paint. But like I mean, I am so envious as a content creator at a visual artist like yourself because I follow people like like fucking. Alec Monopoly, right. or someone like who I highly respect, Ten Hundred. Yeah, you know, you know, uh-huh. I I love that guy. I've met him in person. He's the nicest dude in the world. Nice I, I I had no idea who he was. I was in Seattle, just at a head shop mm-hmm. buying weed for the first time, and he, and for some reason he had, um, his merch store connected to the weed shop. It was like that's dope. And he was just hustling and selling his shirts, his whole shop out of there. And I remember meeting him, and I was like, this is the nicest guy. I bought prints. His stickers right. are literally in my car. Yeah. And then I saw he had a YouTube channel. I was like, what? There's a lot, I get a lot of stuff like that, too, where it's like, do I want to, like, do I really want to, like, cross worlds with, like, my full personal life in the art? Where it's like, yo, do this pop-up at my weed shop. It's like, uh, I still need that corporate money, too. Yeah. It's like. But what 100 does is so... Right, he is so he savvy because he owns his own shop. That's mm-hmm. also an art gallery, so he can do so many things within that. So much. His own company, Statics, but then he has his YouTube where he's making money and he's getting more publicity and promotions off there and right. more commissions off there. Yep. And then he has a Patreon, which is new, which I that's don't see the many. Shit. I'm like, how do I tap into that? That's the shit that yeah. I'm trying to figure out too. And at the end of his videos, he does like the roll, like uh-huh. end of a movie film credits of right. his Patreon subs, and I'm like. Did I just count $5,000 a month in Patreon subs? Right. It's like, how do I translate that? Yeah. And, and, I, and I was like looking into that, his business model and everything made sense. But the Patreon, I'm like, he's so unique in this regard. And it's like, people know he has money. That's a weird one. Like, I, I understand women who have Patreons. I know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, that's... I, I get it. <laughs> but anyone else, it's like, how the fuck did you get people to pay for something that you probably could just Google? Right. Like, but, but he's like, I think he's giving people. More behind the scenes access, right? Some sort of way. Uh, oh, he does a private Discord server. Okay, that's one of the things you have like direct communication with him. That that makes sense. And I think you get something about merchandise. You yeah. get some sort of hookup. I think I'm I'm so accessible right now that that wouldn't make sense right now. It's like people know I'm going to reply. Mm. So, but the Patreon, the fuck's Patreon? Making, yeah, I, I couldn't believe how much money he's making mm-hmm. off that shit. I'm like, that's a whole living. Yeah, that's just an aspect of what he does. I'm like, how do I tap into that? And I've been hearing a lot of talk about 
There's a there's a lot of talk right now about the subscription model That's for stuff saying. in general. Like, it would work for you being a photographer. Like, there's a few I've looked at. I'm like, I do want to see that girl's pictures. Oh, you mean like if I release the uh, full right. set? I'm like, do I want to pay for them, bro? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've been doing some lingerie shit recently. Right. And I only post what I can post on Instagram. Exactly. That's where you need to put put on Patreon. Oh. There's been a few I follow. I'm like, damn, she's cold. Five dollars isn't that bad. <laughs> like, or if I was like, "Oh, you want to watch the private BTS video?" Right. If you pay me fifteen dollars a month on Patreon, you can get all those. You can see that. You can see her nipples on there. We're we're giving the next photographer the whole run now. This is model. <laughs> yeah, they fucked up. I'm I'm gonna be doing this twenty twenty. It's like my plan right. is twenty twenty. I'm definitely getting into more uh, mural work, large scale. Oh yeah. How was that? How's that looking for you, mural stuff? I was looking looking real good. Uh, my work definitely translates large scale. Like, it's to the point that when people reach out to me, like, I want it bigger. Oh, I want to do it bigger. Like, if you have a wall, let's make it happen. I mean, have you done murals? Yeah. Okay. Um, at some point, uh, the block in DC. I mean, there's the one in Virginia that's already open. Yeah, the block that's sick. The one in DC, it's it's done. I have it done. Whenever they open, the world will see it. Oh, the opening one in DC. That yeah. oh, I love that one in Annandale. Right, that shit is fire. Fire. So when it the door is finally open, that mural is up. Hopefully, people, women, just take pictures in front of it all day, and I just skyrocket. Yeah. Mural is like one of the best advertisement pieces. Oh yeah, Jesus, a whole wall in your name. It's a living painting. It'll stay there for years. For years, and it's big. You cannot avoid this shit. And the, the cool thing about a mural is like, you could do a mural in a business you don't even believe in but it's like i don't give a fuck like my shit's dope on the wall if you close tomorrow i still got paid <laughs> yeah. and you basically paid me to advertise yeah it's so, just to make you look cool right it's like you have a wall for people to take cool pictures in front of but you failed that wall still lives on through pictures so. it seems like murals are the wave in dc That's it seems like a lot of the prolific artists well, everywhere I, I see. Uh, yeah, maybe. I guess, yeah, everywhere. I mean, murals are just so, like... It's trendy so in a way. So politicized, where it's like, how do I get the mural? Or why is the same guy getting all, every wall in D.C.? That's so true. It's it's the same few people. Same few people. Like Rosa Inks, Miss Che Love, Chris Pirates kind of creeping in on He's them. creeping in, yeah. But if those two girls crush in the mural world. They run. That's all I see in, in Columbia Heights. It's Miss Che Love and Rosa Inks. Yep. Like, they're everywhere. Everywhere. And I, I am working on getting them on the podcast. They are very busy people. Yeah. Yeah. The mirror wave is that that's an artist's billboard. Well, it's like it seems like a new wave because businesses want to seem like they're accepting of the arts in a way. Right. Like they want that look. Right. And it's it's beneficial in, for both parties. Right. And naturally, as humans, we love taking pictures in front of some big ass gaudy mural. Dude, okay. Let me ask you this. What is it about scale? That makes people appreciate shit more. I think it's just the fact that it takes up so much of the picture. Like, there's people I follow who have, like, nine pictures. And all nine of those pictures are in front of a mirror. And it's like, that made you feel good about yourself just to, like, ah, I got a picture in front of this big-ass mirror. Right? Like, I feel good. Like, like My the, day's made. Like, the bigness of it makes you feel like it's right. like a flight. Like, it feels cooler It feels cooler. It's yeah. like, you know, big pictures... Big mural compared to, you know, just a painting behind me. So, like, I, you know, because they're usually in, like, a nice landmark that you know. Like, all right, cool. That's that's Tristan, Tristan Eaton that's in New York. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, all right, cool. I was in New York this weekend. 
I took pictures in front of that mural that everyone else took a picture in front of. I'm number 1,000 girl on Instagram that took a picture in front of that same mural. Let me get my likes now, too. Like, True. But even even not in that sense of scale, I mean, like, the scale of the fact of, like, a general audience appreciating a piece of art. Right. Like, I feel like the bigger it is, the more someone appreciates. Like, it, I'm not even, no, like, no cap. If this piece behind us oh, is, like, four like by four. The whole wall. If, if this was the size of the whole wall, I would appreciate it 20 right. times more. But if it was half the size, I'd be, like, I'd appreciate it half as much. I like just to know that, like, one human puts so much work into a big-ass wall. Is that what it is? Yeah. Like, the one I did in Lorton, people just were walking up to me like, yo, it's a big-ass fucking wall. I was like, you're just out here, it's fucking 102 degrees outside, you got a farmer's tan, just dripping sweat, <laughs> knocking this shit out, killing it. It's like, yo, we appreciate that. Like, is it the idea that it's like, so, uh, compared to our body size, the fact that we could make something so yes. much bigger like you, seems like more of a feat? Right. It's like, you... Especially if you actually witnessed the artist doing it. It's like, you're, you're fucking defeated, but you killed that wall. Yeah, like when I see Ten Hun paint those things on YouTube and him documenting it, I'm like, you did that right. in one day sometimes? I'm like, I right. can't believe that. Now, even looking back at pictures people took of me painting, it's like, yo, I bodied that shit. Compared to just like a painting I did in the kitchen. It's like, ah. Uh, yeah, but that mural was like, the That mural was like, fuck, I'm in pain, but it was worth it. Dude, it's so sick. Yeah. Well, Marley, dude, I feel like we've been rapid forever, man. Yeah. It's, fucking, it's been great talking to you, dude. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. I could talk to you for a fucking hour, so you're cool Forever. ass, dude. Forever. Yeah, man. I, I feel like we have to have a closing point so our audience is like, this is a two and a half hour podcast? Yeah, Jesus. This is a longer than an Avengers movie. Dang. It's probably more interesting than an Avengers movie, too. And the last couple kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so. Bro, I can't tell you last time I saw a movie like in theater. I watched it all in Pull Locker and all my animes on Kiss Anime. If it's not Marvel, I probably won't go to the movies. Facts. And like now that like that phase is over, like I don't, I don't really care about what's coming next. I don't even know what's coming next. I mean, the ones who matter died, or either they're done. So it's like I don't really. Or they're it. remaking old shit. Right. So I don't give like a they, fuck they ruined about Lion King trying to remake it. I don't even. I don't even want to see that shit. It. The idea behind it could have been executed so much more. Like if they just did it like. And if you want to do it, maybe do it like real CGI where they look like a cartoon still. But just to make it like a, a real life lion, it wasn't really needed. Yeah, they went real life on it, didn't they? Right. And they fucked up Sonic. Uh, oh my. Sonic. I mean, I, I loved the game growing up, but did he really need a movie? Like, he didn't need what, a movie. Like, there, I don't know if there was a Sonic background. Like, I just, we, we played it one day. He was running around chasing Dr. Robotnik. I don't know why he was doing that. I didn't really give a fuck why he was doing that. Actually, just, yeah, I really don't even know why. I don't care why. Yeah. I just loved it was just sick. Running from one side of the screen to the other, jumping on shit. And hitting some spikes and all your coins popping out like right. fuck. Like now there's a story behind it. I was more of a Knuckles guy anyways. Oh, I love Knuckles. Dude, Knuckles is my dude. Knuckles was a guy. Yeah, like yeah. when it when when I when they had Sonic and Knuckles, I always chose Knuckles. Like the little gliding always. shit you could do. That was That's the thing, it was always Sonic's game, but he had the worst shit. Like, <laughs> like Tails could fly, Knuckles could climb shit and glide. Sonic just ran. Yeah, it was like oh, and Knuckles just looked cool. Shit. Looked cool. Like, like, like oh. red guy with dreads. Like Right. He was a red echidna with dreads. Like I, I I wish I had enough money to buy like a Knuckles three D like vinyl oh, character or something. Dude, that'd be yeah. so sick. I remember uh, I worked at Bush Gardens, and, like, like in the game section they had like the Sonic, like stuffed animals, 
and I stole this like big ass knuckles. It's like, like that that rolled around with me for like a while. I don't, I don't know what, you, what, what ended up happening to it, but like, that, there were so many memories at that job. Like, I, I, Six Flags, uh, Bush Gardens. Oh, Bush Gardens. Yeah. Damn. Like, what did you do there? My first couple of years, I did like like ride operations. Whereas, like, looking back on it. It just shows me how unsafe Bush Gardens and like theme parks are. Cause I'm like this 15 year old kid who doesn't know shit about shit working a roller coaster. That is kind of weird. Like I'm literally just pushing buttons. I'm like, ah, oh, start, fasten up, <laughs> right? Like push this red button if something goes wrong. But like I'm, I'm literally texting girls all summer, not <laughs> even giving a fuck what's going on on the roller coaster. So it's like, this is who has, has my life in your hands, like. <laughs> This doesn't seem safe, guys. Like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's times I forgot to, you know, fasten someone's seatbelt. Like, you know, buckle yourself in. Fuck, man. Well, dude, Marley, before we end, I want to ask you this question I'd love to end on. Yes. What do you have to say to the artist who looks at you from afar or even knows you, uh, who sees that you're full-time, you're killing it, you're selling stuff, you're mm-hmm. doing all this stuff? I mean... You're living that cool ass artist life. Like, what do you have to say to that person who's aspiring to do that or trying to do that? I'm say just just stay true to you and not get caught up on comparing yourself to other artists, even me or anyone. I mean, there's been times where even I got caught in up in it where it's like, damn, this artist over here is like making X amount of dollars and this shit sucks. How do I do that? Or I've taken a taken on a gig where it's like that really doesn't fit my style, but I think it can get me to what the next guy's doing. But then when I took that step back and I was like, fuck it, let me just stick true to what I'm doing. That's when it started. I started hitting the ground where it's mm-hmm. like people could see I was doing it because I loved it, doing it because that's who I am. It's what I love to do. So just stay true to yourself. Don't try to chase that trend. Try not to compare yourself to anyone else. That's why like, I love – Instagram's about to get rid of likes. I'm so excited. So for many artists about to be free to just do what the fuck they want. Dude, I was talking with a blogger I had on before. I asked her, and I was like, "What do you keep about like?" She's like, "She's like, I don't even care." The funny thing is, anyone who matters actually creates, does anything. They love this. I exactly. Dude, people with no fucking talent are like, "Yo, my likes are gone." Like, it's exactly, you need so to true. see my likes. I'm like, fuck you in your likes. Like, I just want to create with the freedom of, if you like it, cool. If not. It's also cool. I like that as well, too, man. All right. Because there's so many people who see my likes or another artist's likes. They're like, all right, cool. That's what the trend is. I need to do that now. Whereas you probably have this vision that's so much greater than what the next man's doing, but you're afraid to show that. Because because you posted something similar and you got half the amount of likes as some bullshit with girl with a booty or something. Exactly. You know what? I think comments are going to go up, obviously, but I think follows are going to go follows up. Follows are going to go up. I think follows will go up yeah. because they get rid of likes. Because how else do you engage with someone and show them love? Right. You have to either follow you them or comment. follow them or comment. Yeah. And I think that's more that's, powerful. That's way more powerful. Well, damn, Mar, I appreciate you having on the show, man. It's been fucking real. It's been real. I can do this all night. Yeah, dude. Well, well I, I want to have you back on the show at some time future date. Maybe have like a couple people, like have have a mic for Amir, have some people like all just drink Amir and have a definitely, good ass he's, he's over there in, in, in the cup, but he definitely should have. I know he's dying to chime in on some of this shit. He's dying like, over there. The audience isn't even going to get the, the the pre-roll conversation. I know that. We had like a 30-minute conversation like, of like epic shit. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's it. That's the angle. Peace out. Peace out.